Welcome back to the Asian Glow Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Park. Mental health seems like a buzzword that often gets casually tossed around as if it were just a trend, but I think we all know that it has more depth to it than that. I personally have been going through my own journey with my mental health, and it's been quite liberating trying to understand my emotions and working on my overall well-being. Contrary to popular belief, struggling with your mental health is not indicative of weakness. Some of the strongest people I know are the ones who are silently winning battles and are taking the necessary steps to better themselves each and every day. My guest this week, Ashley No, is one of those people and she's been by my side through some of my highs and lows. And I just realized that rhymed. <laughs> Ashley, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be talking with you today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so I know you have also been through your own journey, and I think since we're talking about mental health, I first just want to kick things off by asking you, how are you? Ooh, loaded question. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I have to say, in spite of everything that's going on, I have been able to find peace within myself and the things that I love. And I think overall I'm hanging in there. I feel like the rest of the world is hanging in there, but yeah, not too bad. Yeah, at the time of recording this, there's some dark shit going on in the world right now. Um, right, there's definitely a lot of things happening, but um, I think I'm just trying to concentrate on the future forward stuff and you know we were just talking about you know keeping our eyes on the light at the end of the tunnel so to speak and I think that you know fixing my gaze on that has been really helpful and just surrounding myself with people and support system that helps uplift those things um, has been pretty game-changing for me I have to say. I mean it's been a tough year to say the least 2020 was the worst and I've mentioned this before in a previous episode but it just felt like this past year was a complete stress test on the human psyche but I feel like if it weren't for all the trials and tribulations and the sort of forced isolation during lockdown I wouldn't have had this time to focus on my mental health and you and I both know that I am very much the suffer in silence type and I suppress a lot of my emotions, which I've learned is a disservice to not only myself, but my loved ones. So I hate to say it's a blessing in disguise because ugh, cliches, but yeah, that's sort of how my journey got kicked off. I'm curious though, how did your mental health journey begin? So my mental health journey really started at a very young age, honestly. Um, I was, honestly, I've been very privileged to grow up in a household where mental health was not something that we brushed under the rug. Um, my mom especially has been such an advocate for mental health since I was an adolescent. Um, and she did the same with my brother and it was just a very safe space. So I grew up going to therapy um, and it was a really, really normalized thing to, you know, go to therapy, talk about your feelings. And I mean, I am such a feelings person. I'm a very empathetic person, but I, I just like all my emotions are just like right there all the time. <laughs> so I, I have to express my emotions. Um so yeah, I, I kind of grew up that way. And so, you know, fast forward to now, I guess, like, you know, I, I would say the same that as like sort of you've been going through, like 
being in quarantine, being sort of in isolation away from all these like sort of distractions, I guess, of regular life, like you're kind of forced to sit with yourself. And even though I am somebody who grew up in such a mental health positive, you know, life or household, like I still didn't really recognize when I needed to get help um, as quickly as I thought I would, honestly. Um, I think because I grew up having mental health access and all that stuff, like I assumed that I'd know how to handle it. And I'm, oh, I'll just know when I need to get help. Like it's not there yet. It's not there yet. But it's just one of those things that just kind of creeps up on you. And then it just like has a hold of you before you even really realize it. Um, and so, you know, in quarantine, especially, uh, towards like the middle of the summer, I really kind of got lost. And it really scared me, honestly, because I remember thinking I haven't felt like this since I was like a teenager. And it scared me a lot. And I think I took a minute to think about what the hell is going on in my mind. And thankfully, you know, it's sort of brought me back to, okay, I think I need to see a therapist. And my mom had been asking me for months and I just said, I'm fine, I'm okay. But I don't even remember what like sort of the breaking point was, but I just realized I I need to go see someone now. And I found one relatively quickly. And as soon as I started going, it was like, oh my God, (laughs) like, why did I wait so long to go? Mm. I think it's very interesting that you, at a young age, were exposed to therapy because I feel so often in our community, the AAPI community, it's kind of notorious in a way for not having any sort of kind of relationship with mental health, right? And it's kind of not taboo per se, but I personally feel like in my family, the mentality is very much like, like just bear with it and keep going. Mm -hmm. Life is hard. We all know this. Just accept that and move on. So I find that very interesting that you were exposed to like therapy in a a positive way. And it was normalized, like you said, when you were younger. Yeah, I, I do feel very privileged to have had that experience. And I agree with you 100% that like, mental health in our, you know, in the Asian community or just in general and people of color, I feel like it's not either not talked about or it's brushed under the rug of like, you know, our parents or grandparents are like, oh no, you're fine. Or like, you just need to get over it. Or like, you know, which is like such a toxic sort of response, but it's a response that a lot of us have heard or are familiar with. And So, yeah, I I do consider myself very lucky to have had a mother who is very in tune with that. But, yeah, I I fully agree. It's it's something that I feel like is just now starting to get talked about. Um, Sort of that lacking in the Asian community and, and, you know, other places as well. Um, And my mom has, like, become such an advocate, like, so much so that she has co-founded a Korean-American Wellness Association. Yes. Which is, like, weird plug, sorry. And so they kind of started this association with the idea that, like, you know, people just need somewhere to go to to look. Like, if your mom or your dad wanted to look for a therapist, they probably wouldn't even know where to start. Uh, Because there's really nothing available, 
And so the intention behind this organization was sort of to ha- create a platform for um, Korean Americans to just search for therapists. Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of kind of grown a lot bigger into, I think, just because of mental health. There's such a need for it right now, right, within the Asian community, too. Um, and so they just recently had their fall um, mental health conference and there was just so many like second generation Korean Americans that actually showed up and said hey we need this too wow it's a it was a very eye-opening moment truly shout out to Kelly No she's a queen she is literally the queen (laughs) it's my role model you know (laughs) I love you mom That's so amazing because that's the resources our parents needed when they were younger but didn't really have access to. And yeah, it's absolutely picking up more within our community, which is extremely encouraging. I actually started therapy last October, but I've known since probably the beginning of 2019 that I wanted to start, but I never actually got around to it because... I think of that kunyang chanrol mentality. It was always in the back of my mind and it just felt like I could deal with my problems on my own instead of having to talk to someone about everything that I think I already know. But what I've learned is that it's actually super helpful to talk to a professional who doesn't have any preconceived notions, no judgment, no prejudice, and they're listening to your feelings and they're offering you guidance, right? Mm -hmm. And some people have asked me recently what it is about therapy that's helpful. While I have told them what I said earlier, I just want to be super transparent and say I've only had four sessions, so I'm not as experienced, but I wanted to pass that question along to you. How does therapy help you? So I really consider myself to be like a pretty self-aware person. Like, I feel like my nunchi is pretty good and all that stuff, but more than anything, it's like my nunchi with myself is really good. Mm, yeah. For those of you listening who don't know what nunchi is, it is like a Korean word for, there's no exact <laughs> translation for it, but it's just like... I don't know. Like, you can kind of read the room. Yeah. I feel that I'm pretty good at that, especially when it comes to myself. Like, I'm very aware of when I'm not feeling well or when I feel really good or, like, whatever. I can gauge uh, pretty good what's going on in my mind. So going to therapy for me wasn't necessarily about I need someone to tell me what's going on with me. I know what's going on with me. I don't need help with that. I am really interested in kind of blurting out my own, you know, I psychoanalyze myself all the time. (laughs) I can't help it. And so I kind of wanted a professional to like blurt out all these psycho like analytics too, and for them to kind of give me their point of view on it. And um, I guess it's kind of an interesting way to approach therapy, but like I remember having a very frank conversation with my therapist too, because I truly believe that looking for a therapist, like you have to find a good match. If you don't trust your therapist, if you don't have, you know, that bond with them, you're really never going to be able to open up the and get to these like groundbreaking moments that you want to get to. So you know, finding a therapist is kind of like dating. Yeah. But I, I remember feeling like very early on, like, I wish she would ask me more questions, you know, mm-hmm. like, because I found myself sort of filling the spaces with like random jibber jabber that I, that wasn't even like really valuable, honestly, to me. Um, and I remember in one of my sessions, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna be straight up. And so I 
kicked off the session. I said, hey, I'd actually really love it to like hear your point of view on some of these things that I'm talking about, like or these ideas or whatever analysis that I'm making. Like, I'd really love to hear your point of view. And I shared exactly what I told you. Like, I'm pretty self-aware, so I'm really looking for someone to point out something interesting that I'm not seeing. Like, I need someone to pull together the connections that I'm not seeing. And she was like, totally hear you. And she was like, I was just, you know, taking the approach of listening. Usually I try to just like sit back and listen. But now that I know that this is what you need, I can do that. And I'm telling you, like instantly that session it was like a 180 difference oh it was amazing to be honest like I'll admit I during my first initial sessions I was taking more of like the back seat like I just had no idea what to expect but I like how you said you would tell your therapist your communication skills like right off the bat so she and you both know what you need from her yeah totally and I think you know, I kind of wrestled with that too. I was like, oh, I don't want to tell her how to do her job, you know, but that's not it at all. Right. It's me telling somebody my communication style. Like, even if I were to have a conversation with you or whoever, like, I would not want to be the only one talking the entire time. That makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I can talk all day, but I'm, I need to have a conversation and that's what like really gets me flowing and like it like really honestly sparks a lot more thoughts for me is when I'm able to have a conversation with somebody and so I told her I was like I don't want to feel like you're listening and I'm just spewing for 45 minutes I just want to have a conversation with you Mm -hmm. and for me to me that's that's just kind of communicating your communication styles right so what are the biggest lessons you've learned since starting your journey oh man Good question. I like to dig deep here. (laughs) Oh yeah, real deep. I think I've honestly, as vulnerable as I am with myself, I've learned to be even more vulnerable and learning that if something feels sore and like, ooh, I don't know if I want to talk about that or I feel myself getting like anxious, that probably means I need to open up that box a little wider. Mm. (laughs) Like there's something there that's bothering me. And I think that's one of the main things with going back to therapy that I've learned is like, don't be afraid to turn over every rock Mm. because with every rock I've turned over as nerve wracking or as like triggering as it's been sometimes of like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then I'll lift it. And yeah, it'll be a little painful sometimes, but afterwards it's like, it's like that feeling of like, every time you cry you know sometimes you try to stop yourself from crying right but it's like bitch when have you cried and not felt better afterwards (laughs) like you feel better every single time this is true it's just like poking the bear but just poke it like (laughs) and i think let go of some of the fear of overturning some of these vulnerable rocks because i knew i had a good support system like i'm in therapy i trust my therapist i have friends i have family so like having that support system it almost made me feel like i had a bit of a safety net too that even if whatever i uncover is really really nasty like it's gonna be fine let's take a quick break for me i am trying to forgive myself or i'm learning how to forgive myself and understand that my past does not define my future and it's a process like i'm understanding that it's about 
baby steps, not just suddenly waking up and feeling chipper about everything, you know? Totally. So I'm really learning to just allow myself to feel joy in certain moments or feel sad when I need to. And like you said, flip that rock and face those emotions. But also, I feel like my life experiences have kind of jaded my outlook in the world. And in a way, I feel... I'm kind of like a cynical pessimist at times. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm learning how to recalculate and recalibrate whenever I'm having negative thoughts. I've also learned this past year how to set healthy boundaries, like what it actually means to set healthy boundaries. Because I think prior to this year, I would say yes to about everything, but that often meant I would overwhelm myself and sign up for something that I'm not 100% comfortable with. So I'm like learning to be more comfortable with my own growth so much that I'm willing to say no without guilt and instead with confidence. Yes. Wow. That just like totally hit me like in the real feels because (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I'm like at a loss for words almost because that's so like hit the nail on the head of how I've also been feeling too. Like that's probably another thing that I've like sort of kind of realized too I would say even prior to going to therapy is like realizing how mean I am to myself Mm -hmm. yeah same like it's really fucked up like it's not okay and like I've used this analogy a lot over the past few months but like I have a tendency to kind of give out my water cup without serving myself first so I'm constantly in a state of thirst or, or being deprived but anytime I get a drop of refill in my cup I give it out wow and it's it's exhausting to live that way because you're living on like 10 percent all the time truth wow that gave me chills gave me chills <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's that's kind of the best way I can like sort of describe how I feel like it's been pretty much my whole life and I feel like you can really probably relate to that too but you know, this year I've learned the value of not not just serving other people. You know, I'm a huge advocate for community. If you need me, I'll be there for you, whether you're my friend, you're my neighbor, whatever. Like, I'm all about that community life, right? But the number one thing that I have learned this year when it comes to mental health is I need to be there for myself first and foremost. Mm. I remember posting something on Instagram the other day and it was something... It was like a real mic drop moment thing for me, but I it was like some post about rest and recovery and like, you know, sort of talking about that. And that's also been very top of mind because that all has to do with self-compassion, right? And something that I have realized is like, I, I have to take care of me first. So it's like, if it's, if it's going to hurt me, no. If it's going to take from my physical, emotional, or soul in any way, shape, or form, it is not for me, and it's going to be a no for me, dog. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, seeing things through that lens has been so much easier to make decisions, no matter how simple it is, to, like, do I have the energy and space to catch up with a friend today for three hours? to something a little bit more hands-on like that requires a little bit more time and like physical effort like do I even want to do that or am I doing it because I feel obligated or because I feel like I if I don't no one will or like what is it right any part of whatever I'm doing that is toxifying my mind or my heart or my soul I should not be doing it and it is okay to say pass (laughs) yes 
honestly, that's been a huge lesson. And I mean, I'll, I'll definitely say it's, it's hard to say no when you're, you've always said yes, but you get used to it. <laughs> and like, it's not even about like only doing things that serve me, right? Like, yes, right. I want to serve myself, but it's not, I don't need to benefit every single time, but I shouldn't be robbed ever. Mm, right. But that's beautiful. That water analogy really got me. Oof. Like, as I'm it, taking a sip of water right now. I know. I'm thirsty after all that talk. <laughs> So I actually posted this on my Instagram too, but I shared a post about being patient with your progress. Slow progress is still progress. And I think it's so easy because, you know, we've all created this hedonistic lifestyle where we just want instant gratification all the time. Right, right, right. And no thanks to social media. I mean, we are constantly measuring our worth by the amount of followers or likes or lack thereof. And this all sort of just distorts our focus and clouds our judgment because we're also constantly comparing and quantifying our worth through social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that's a really good point. And like, you know, there are a few posts I've been coming across to you about like measuring your worth in productivity. And oh, it just really hit me because I think like a lot of times I definitely measure myself with like, how much should I get done today? And like, you know, something new I've learned about myself this year is that I have ADHD. Um, It has been like a really crazy realization because it's just like one of those things that I feel like maybe you don't realize until you realize it. And then I I realized it at 32 and it kind of blew my freaking mind um, because it was like everything that I've ever struggled with in my life made so much sense for the first time. And productivity is one of those things that I just railed on myself about since I was very, very young. Mm. And I'd never understood, why can't I just do this one task? Why? Why is it so difficult? And, you know, I've been coming across a lot of these productivity posts, like producti- um, you're not measuring your worth in your productivity. And then also in realizing that I have ADHD and like talking to my therapist about that too. It's been like, all the kind of things are working together to like help me realize like a like I have issues with productivity because of my ADHD so I need to work with my ADHD and learn how to learn my own tactics on how to be more productive but also how much I get done or how much how hard I'm working in a day does not measure my worth in this life and I think both of those together have just sort of been like, like yeah. mind-blowing. And it's kind of been helping and contributing to this whole like self-compassion journey that I'm on. Oh, that's beautiful. And that actually reminds me, have you seen the movie Soul? Oh, cried my eyes out. Same. It was so good. When you were talking about measuring your worth, it reminded me of the theme of that movie. Because before watching it, I was in this dark mental place where I just kept beating myself up for like not doing enough with my life. I was just in a slump and felt like work wasn't fulfilling me and comparing myself to everyone else who have found their passions or whatnot in life. And the movie just hit my soul (laughs) because it, it reminded me that life's not just about being consumed with finding your one true passion, right? Hey, I have never walked away from a Pixar movie not learning something about life or myself. Facts. <laughs> I think like so often as we're like living our lives, we're waiting for this like 
explosive moment of like the meaning of life, you know, or yes. whatever. And like, I don't think that's it's like that. I mean, for some people, sure, it's like that. I think there's so many little crevices of things that happen along your journey that contribute to, you know, your mark in this world. And it's not about one huge thing, like your job or even your extracurricular hobbies. Like, it's like a lot of little things that make up your purpose in life. Right. So, yeah, I could not agree with you more. (laughs) What are some of your habits you practice to better your mental health? I know cooking is a great outlet for you, right? Oh, yeah, big time. Cooking is like one of those things that's like, no matter how I'm feeling, it feels good to do it. Like, sometimes I'll be, like, fucking pissed off and, like, smashing garlic in the kitchen. (laughs) And it makes me feel better. (laughs) Other things I like to do, honestly, I I love to write. I think probably about two, two years ago, I figured out a really, like, great way to journal continuously without it feeling like such a task because... I have like a million journals, right? Like actual journals that like I used to write in, but like I don't like writing in actual journals because it hurts my damn hand. So I stopped writing for a while. And then I was like, you know what? I have a lot of feelings and I need to get them out. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to start writing on my phone. But like, I realized that a lot of times when I'm able to be alone with my thoughts, is when I'm on the subway commuting to work. And so I I got into this habit a few years ago of as soon as I get into the train, I bring out the notes in my phone and I just start writing. And honestly, like after a year of doing that, I went back and reread everything and it was the most, it is such a great way to gauge how far you've come. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say that reading back on your past journal entries is so helpful because Not only are you using it as a tool to face your emotions, but it's also a great way to measure your growth. Like, wow, this is how I was feeling. I'm no longer in that dark place. Thank God. Yes. Like, if you haven't done it, if you write, I highly recommend it. Just cringe through it because... You will read it, and honestly, when I read it, it was like, oh my god, I can't believe I felt that way, or or like, oh my god, I can't believe I don't feel that way anymore. But journaling is probably one of the biggest ways where I am able to like maintain my mental sanity. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you about expectations when it comes to therapy or starting your journey with therapy. I feel like when you're starting your journey with therapy, like you need to really make a commitment. Like I know that might sound a little scary, but it's 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 not. It's just a commitment to be vulnerable. You have to be at that place. Otherwise, you're really not going to get anything out of it. Mm, like what yeah. you get out of it is what you're going to put into it. So if you're not in a place where you're willing to open up, you will not get anything from it. Um, That's like definitely one thing that I've learned. But like, I feel like there's some expectation sometimes of like, okay, if I start therapy, then everything will be fine. Mm. And again, the same things don't work for every single person. Mental health is not a cookie cutter situation where it's copy paste all. Mm. So like the things that work for me, it might not work for somebody. And so it's, I would just want to remind people that like, 
your mental health journey is truly your journey. Don't think of it as like this checklist of things that you need to do. Like, oh, if I do all these things, if I go to a therapist and if I do this and I do that, I'll be healed. Don't go into it with that as your goal. Go into it with the goal of I am going to be completely vulnerable and I am going to completely open myself up to this process. Mm -hmm. That should be your goal. If you fixate on this goal of I want to be healed and I want to be fixed, I feel like you're starting off with so much pressure on yourself Mm, without even really understanding the journey of it. Have a good perspective going into therapy. Don't go in with the perspective of if I do this, I will be fixed. Yeah, I think that's so important to know. Mental health is sort of like a forever journey. And I think just going in with the goal of being vulnerable, I feel like that should be more top of mind than like, I want to be healed. Yes, so much great advice, Ash. I could talk to you for hours about this, but I feel like that is a great note to end on. Agreed. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I love mental health, so I'm really (laughs) glad that we can have such a good conversation about it. So thank you for even giving me a platform to use my voice. Thanks so much for tuning in and don't forget to send some love. Follow at Asian Globe Podcast. Here's a gentle reminder to be kind to yourself and spread only positivity.